get a fast car I want a ticket to anywhere Maybe we make a deal Maybe together we can get somewhere Eastland episode 67 and it's me Gary P and of course the prof Karen Riley hello there so last week's Bray game is on the agenda we're going to talk about uh, our brand new section members corner with McDara Ferris I went down a tree last week a uh, double dose of Quifties with Alan Manis and Dylan Watts and the winner of that goes through to face Sean Cavanagh straight after into the quarterfinals and then we have our draw for the inaugural Tifty's five-side tournament in the Roadstone. Oh, I can't wait for that. Absolutely jam-packed with celebs and ex-pros. It's going to be a cracker. We've got balls and pots here. We've got all sorts. Give us a hear. We're all sorts. Here we go. The sound effects gone. That's the draw waiting to be pulled. Normally it's the sound effects of cans opening, but <laughs> balls and pots now. That's, it's, it's, you know what? Give it time. Uh, yeah, so packed show this week. and um, Yeah, so we're going to talk a little bit about the Dundalk game. And uh, Shazzy sent me a couple of photos of the celebrations, and they were absolute crackers. They were epic. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant celebrations, and uh, one of the highlights of the season, to be honest, in a topsy turvy season. Do you know, it had me in absolute fits of laughter. It's like when I was editing last week's show or the week before, all those uh, things about grinding my gears. So you had Alan Kinsley and Owen Rice and. Uh, James Curry. By the way, Owen Cook Rice is, was one of my favourites. Yeah. Ever. About the curry. And then, what else? There was a few about food, wasn't there? <laughs> Some it? brilliant ones. But uh, I'd forgotten. Wingers. What, Talking about wingers. <laughs> yeah. I'd forgotten what half of them were. I, did, I ended up not having time to listen back to them. So I just sort of shoved it in the recording. I was like, yeah, whatever. I'll listen back later. So then, you go on this big speech about Dundalk, about how you have to go on the pitch. Like, it's a last minute winner. On the, on the league leader's grounds it's like I'm sorry I'm going on the pitch and you're giving your reasons and then 10 minutes later Alan Kinsley you know what grinds my gears people going on the pitch <laughs> the club get fined yeah. and I completely forgot he said that and I died laughing. oh man I hope, hopefully we didn't get fined for anyway I don't think we did um, also on Dundalk uh, I missed at the time of the show but Paul O'Connell continued burger watch another fantastic yeah. review he had uh, the peak six plunderer. The P- was he happy enough with it? Out of 10? Did he give, does he give marks out of 10? No, he didn't give it out of 10, but Paul, let us know when the book is coming out because yeah. these reviews are works of art. The Rovers reviews. So, um, yeah, that was the Dundalk game. And like we said, uh, we spoke about that already and it was a, a cracking away day. Uh, we'll talk, we'll say every Cup Friday now that comes around and we're not playing is uh, it's horrendous. The anger comes back. Horrendous, and every time we're not playing, I think back to Drogheda, yeah. so, and then and then the the defeat becomes fresh again, and I'm, I have to say it's it's grinding my gears. <laughs> the, the lack of cup action grinding my gears, and the ten team league, 
is really you put this on your list of hatred early on in the season and it's starting to really piss me off I'm not a fan of this 10 team league at all do you know what sums it up as well some lads had half days booked for that cup Friday last week yeah a lot, a lot of people for no reason go, yeah I know yeah he was Maloney he was one of them wasn't he that was a good for you man yeah oh sorry I think we're going to get through to the second round Um. yeah so uh, recent results uh, we beat Bray 3-0 in the Carlisle grounds a couple of weeks back and we had an unchanged team so uh, I can't remember the last time we had an unchanged team but it was good to see a bit of consistency and um it was a 3-0 win, so uh, never really looked troubled. Uh, apart from the start, now we drove down, packed Kilmartin Mobile. No, you were in the Kilmartin carriage. The Kilmartin carriage. I was in the Gareth Mobile. The Gareth Mobile, yeah. It was funny when we were going home, actually. Like, we were we were hanging out together, and all of us in the second half. But then we had to go our separate ways, because you were with Pat Kilmartin, I was yeah, with Gareth. So bring back the bus, yeah, it was. Yeah. It was quite sad. So I had uh, Aussie Nate... And uh, Gareth's two nephews in the car with us. And uh, I was warning uh, Ozzy the whole way down about Bray. I was like, this is the coldest ground in the country. Because I was looking at how underdressed he was. And it then, was lovely out. And then he was there in the panic. And then he, then he was wondering what all the fuss was about because it was fine. It was lovely. It was lovely human. And uh, little, uh, Gareth Brennan's nephew was... Um, I was saying to him... Just just interested, talking to him, you know. Saying, oh yeah, Rovers are great. You know? and, and I said, no... Don't mind the balls. You, you can't follow balls. He t- I think he turned around and he said, Rovers are for life. Oh, that, was, that was brilliant. <laughs> oh, he's been trained. He's been well trained. But uh, our WhatsApp group, the famous one that we keep mentioning, I won't go into too much detail on this because it's ridiculous. No, I don't want to get but basically, six month jail sentence. Basically, our profile photo is like the weirdest thing about this group at this stage. It started off with Fielder, who posted a picture of himself. Very, basically. very fetching uh Photo uh, Basically in his underwear. Yeah. And then that became a picture of Tommy Kelly. He mimicked him. It's quite the pose. And then it became Tommy Kelly in various stages of undress for the last <laughs> couple of months. <laughs> so pretty much all the time now, our profile picture for this WhatsApp group is Tommy Kelly. And then, Deservedly so. So we were coming out of the pub. The kids were all there. Gareth Brennan's nephews are there. And then Tommy Kelly walks by. And you can follow this under the kids say the darndest things. <laughs> so Tommy Kelly goes by and one of them turns around and he goes, Yeah, Gar, is that the fella that's naked in the photo? <laughs> <laughs> Thank God there was no guard around. Jesus, imagine the questions. Uh yeah, so without a deal, Bray's biggest gate of the season, nearly two thousand at a prof. It was six hundred and forty five the previous time. So this time it was eight. It's amazing what a win in Dundalk will do for you though, isn't it? Plus the free kids thing that Bray run is probably helping a lot. Yeah, excellent. And a good match day experience as well. They had a lot on. They had lots of food and grub and uh, it was fair play to them. So it really was. That's something I actually meant to say. It was a, it was a great day. Uh, good match day experience and fair play to all involved who were trying to bring Bray and drag them out of gutter, to be honest. so um, Just on uh, Brazzer as well. He seems to have gone full cash. He's quite cash. The chinos, the, are, the chinos are, to st- are here to stay, I reckon. I thought it was just because of the warm weather a few months back that he went for the, the sort of the jumper and the jeans. But now he's totally ditched the tracksuit now. So he, he's actually quite hipster when you think about it. So he's gone for the chinos, the jumper and the beard. So I'm, I think the notepad is, is the poetry book. <laughs> it's not even tactics at this stage. Yeah, so that was manager watch. 
biggest gate of the season yet. Yeah, we spoke about that, and we we had a, a cracker picture of my young man Jaden and Pat's kids as well. So Pat was on the ball there, and it showed the three of them celebrating the goal. And uh, hopefully, there'll be pals and plenty more of those pictures for years to come. The future. The future, yeah. Uh, shortly uh, before this game, on a sad note, Chloe Padreshi, um, a big Rowers fan from Ballantyre, and Jacko McDonough's niece sadly passed away. She'd been ill for some time, so he uh, sent our condolences to uh, family and friends. Yeah, it was very sad news before the game. And fittingly, Finner actually got on the score sheet, and he was her favourite player. Yeah, and yeah, so um, I mean, we'd seen pictures of the team in the hospital with her, and it was a nice occasion, but uh, sadly, she uh, succumbed to illness, and like you said, condolences to her family and friends we had some early chances for Bray as well uh, I, I wouldn't Kelly. know I was, I was getting a burger he should have buried this two of them were, were Gildale ch- chances like they should they should have been buried so we got very lucky yeah Kevin Lynch you said you'd like to look at him he yeah. ran at us and set up Kelly a couple of the lads yeah a couple of the bogeys like the look of him Aish. Richard Dunn's nephew if I'm not mistaken once again Garrett Brennan who knows absolutely everything about <laughs> everyone and everybody he just has these snippets of info left, right, and centre, and a story about someone in he Brussels. He always has something. Uh, or, like, maybe someone in Vienna who painted his bedroom who just happens to know the niece of the left back <laughs> off Rovers and then coincidentally drank with them last weekend, and then they have a story. That's pretty much it with Carabrell. Yeah, so Jake shot it straight at Big L, and then Harding shot over. So that was the two chance. Yeah. Kevin Lynch, by the way, is the most booked player in the league. Ten yellows. Ten yellows. So that would have been two suspensions so far. Mm. But we kind of we pretty much up the tempo from that point on, didn't yeah, we? And we dominated we, from there. We on took it. over. And how about the bit of magic from Danny Carr? He was in no man's land out on the Roy, and then he just managed to absolutely skin. I think it was Kevin Lynch, absolutely skin the defender. No, it was Sean Heaney. It was Sean Heaney, yeah, left him oh, for well. dead. Yeah, he left him for dead. The, the close control in a tight space was phenomenal. He was nowhere. He was he was with his back to the goal at, was the, that cor- a corner flag? at the corner flag. He turned that into a situation where he, and just he, had to he ran down the goal line. Cut across for Finn. And he cut it across and Finn flicked it in with a magical, magical deft touch. Back flick. Back flick. And Some people, because of the view they had, actually thought that was a known goal. But we actually had an ideal view. We were kind yeah. of right in line with it. And uh, it was a lovely back flick. You never see them go in. They always either like trickle into the keeper's arms, or they fall harmlessly, over, or they, they flick wide or something. Actually, went in. I've never seen. I don't, I've never seen one of those live. Absolutely amazing. Oh, I haven't either. They are very rare. So fantastic team goal, and uh, the weirdness. I think we weren't the only ones to notice the weirdness. No, now, no. I noticed at the time, but I I played it off as as Finn. I thought Finn was giving instructions, but if you notice. Carr just kind of walks after celebrating. He walks back. off kind of look a bit moody looking. Yeah, like straight if, away from the celebration. If I did that, if I if I set you up for that flick, I'd be I'd be getting jockey backs and mm. backflips doing left right because it was a stunning goal. But he just kind of walks away. But the most telling thing was Boyle bringing Finn over, like dragging him back over. Yeah, like here go celebrate with him. Maybe, maybe I don't know. They were they were in. I don't know. It was only twenty minutes in. I don't know what was the, what was the case there. It's a strange one. It's a very strange one, but uh, it's just an observation. But uh, yeah, that was the weirdness. And then with Lopez, Lopez could have had a couple of goals in this game. He had a shot cleared off the line, and it stayed 1-0 up until half-time. Um, yeah, he had a couple of shots in the second half as well. Um, so then it was time for the chips, 
at half time there's ice creams there's all sorts so it's good to see Bray getting the finger out really and uh, the new owners really trying to push to get an attendance out because realistically Bray should be getting a good attendance with the population that's there they should be getting a good attendance like, like Rovers I mean what we've got 80 to 100,000 people in Tala we should be able to get 10,000 every game you know try and galvanise the, the area and to support to coming in to, and joining us in our quest for glory but it's just uh, so you're more a half time cheaper kind of guy I'm more a pre-match burger uh, yeah I'm, it depends I'm, I'm not that much of an eater at games even when you miss Bray's two best chances because you're queuing up for a burger yeah, it's still not. worth it though it's uh, um, yeah no it depends usually I'll eat on the bus on the way down and then Jaden will get some grub other than that but mostly it's a liquid lunch for me and um, yeah so the Watts penalty uh, blatant penalty good work and uh, Sean Kavanagh brought down by Derek Gibbons yeah Derek Gibbons former Rovers clear cut yeah yeah he chopped him down yeah it was, yeah. It was a blatant penalty and then Watts dispatched it calmly into the bottom right corner second and, penalty in a row for him yeah yeah so uh, that was 2 and game was pretty much over then and uh, of course the third came and it was Brando Mele who is looking good again Back from injury and looking fit and fighting ready to... to it looked like the Brando of old. Yeah, did you see the little dance to the right and to the left and then left foot shot into the bottom right corner? It was, it was the Brando of old and we're hoping yeah. that... It seemed like he he really... He was he was just delighted to get on the score sheet and get back playing. He looked a bit relieved. Yeah, too. he looked at like the fans. He looked into the fans and gave it the thumbs up. You can almost the, see the weight coming off his shoulder. Yeah. It was like, oh, I've scored again. And gave it the, the fist. He was like, yes, here we go, Rovers, I'm back. Well, hopefully... Weird start actually. All three of his goals this season have been against Bray. <laughs> and that was his first since February. His first goal since February. But he hasn't but, uh, started yeah. much in fairness though, has he? Very tidy finish. Like he knew he was going to score as he was hitting it. Sort of thing. On his left as well. So, uh, so good to see Brando back on the score sheet. So a goal and assist for Watts. And he had your favourite. The assist before the assist. The for assist the, the before the assist. Love it. Underrated and unheralded. It's, it's well basically he played Kerr into the corner flags I don't know how much credit I'm going to give him for that but Kerr did all the work yeah so comfortable win in the end and um, it's been a while since we've won that comfortably out there it's about as easy as it gets away from home yeah I mean we we struggle out there all the time beating 4-2 last season beating 1-0 already this season I mean it's a place where we do struggle and 1-0 the, the previous season yeah so, so definitely uh, delighted with three points there and so Jose must have been happier because last time people heard him swearing Opened the stands as he was recording the game. <laughs> yeah, he was caught, was he? So I'm um, presumably much happier Jose this time. So just on the melee performance again, James Lowe, uh, long-time Gorgonzola fan, he said he was glad to see the 2015 Brandon Melee balling it tonight, man of the match for me. So uh, there were more admirers for Brando's display out in Bray. And that keeper made some good saves as well. He's he's quite small, but he uh, he was busy. Yeah, he was tiny. a busy man. Yeah, tiny two free keeper. kicks from Brandon Cavanagh and Sean Ka- and Sean Cavanagh, and there's a couple of good saves. He made a fantastic save from Aaron Green as well, who got in behind the defender. And um, yeah, he was a busy man. Green still waiting for his first goal in 2018 for either club, Bray yeah. or Rovers. Yeah, no, the keeper kept the score down pretty much, didn't he? Yeah, definitely, without a doubt. He was a uh, he was bit like I said, he was busy all night. And you mentioned Brandon Cavanagh's free kick there. Uh, Kevin Caban, very complimentary of uh, young Brandon. Did you listen to him on... LOI Weekly, LOI yeah. Weekly, he loves him, doesn't he? Called him a lovely footballer, best prospect in the league. Yeah, definitely. He's fant- technically very, very good. And uh, Greg Budger is very good in that too. Very blunt assessment of uh, our performances. Oh, I love that. I thought yeah. it was great. He's, he's like us. He's like, he, we don't know how to put our finger on it. We don't know what the problem is. We, It's like... 
he's just as puzzled as us and it was it was good to see him one of the players speak passionately about their their lack of fight and lack of of creativity on the pitch at times. So well, was he not highlighting the fact that we were able to win the ways of Dundalk, but not be balls and draws? Yeah, he was That's, highlighting that, and yeah. he was pretty much saying like, "Why?" He was asking why. He was asking the questions we we're asking. He's like, "You don't know why we can't be consistent." So hmm. it was a uh, yeah, it was refreshing. And then um, we had Pats doing us a massive favour, beating Waterford three 0 that night. Moved us into third place, overtaking Waterford. For the first time, so we're two points ahead of them and uh, Waterford in a bit of free fall at the mm. moment. And we've had 20 better goal difference. 20 better goal we've difference. We've overtaken Waterford. That's pretty much an extra point, isn't it? Think about this, right? We've overtaken Waterford for the first time all season. And we have a 20 goal b- better goal difference. 20? That's insane. 20 more goals. Imagine chasing a team all season and you've got a 20 better goal difference. <laughs> that's, that's, that is nuts, isn't it? And then we move on to Cork, uh, bottling the league, losing at home to Sligo and Raf Katara. Who else is going to score that goal? They uh, they really are throwing it away, aren't they? Yeah, quirky stat here. In the last three seasons, Cork have only lost four home league games. Three of them to Sligo. Three of so Sligo. Happy hunting ground for the Turner's Cross. Certainly not for us. It's always an intimidating place to go. Uh, yeah, so two away wins in a week for us. Prof, I know you have some. Hit me mm-hmm. with them. Give me the stats. Well, I saw a lot of people saying, oh my God, we've won two in a row, but people actually were missing the fact that Dundalk was actually two in a row in the league away from home because we won in Waterford. So Bray is actually three in a row. But because we lost the important one in Drogheda, the cup, people are kind of, you know, forgetting the league and cup are separate, whatever. Yeah. But uh, you mentioned the bad record in the Carlisle grounds. Hadn't won their last six, or that was our first win in six. In Bray, first win in six. Yeah, and uh, listen to our defensive record in our last nine league games, right? Okay, we've conceded two goals in nine games in our last nine league games. Okay, the ball was won, which was a defensive mishap and a foul anyway. Yeah, and the Dundalk one, which was a massive deflection. That's it in the last nine. We have shored up our defence, in fairness, but it's just the team performances overall against Drada and Bowles just weren't good enough. We're not we're not terrible at the back. Like we have shored things up like um substantially, so it's it is it's it's just very frustrating that we can't turn up for the games when we need to, which was Drada and Bowles. So But so then again we we go off and we beat on Dock away pretty much champions, so it's it's very frustrating. Someone brought a Braze tweets from earlier in the season. Remember they put the picture of Brazzer and went, football loves us. I think that was a certain Mr Maloney. <laughs> it doesn't hold up well now, does it? No, it certainly doesn't. Uh, just going back to Dundalk, actually, I didn't mention this last time. We won in Oriel Park in back-to-back league seasons. Hadn't done that since 1977. 77? Yeah. Prof with the stats. Even the foreigner all, we never did it. And if we assume Dundalk will win the league... First time we'll have won away from home against that season's champions since Sligo in 2012. 2-1 last day of the season. 2-0. Twiggy Brace. 2-0. Twiggy Brace, wasn't it? Yeah. But the league was already decided that season. So last time we won away from home to that season's champions before the title was already decided would have been Drogheda 2007. (laughs) These stats, prof. Swear to God. Not even done. You're not done. Give us some more. Come on. You want some more? First time all season we scored 
uh, three goals away from home in the league. Oh, that's 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 a depressing one. First time since actually Longford four two on the last day of twenty sixteen. So we never did it all of last year. We never scored three goals away from home in the league. Yeah, our away record under Stephen Bradley hasn't hasn't been great in fairness. No, it's it. no, you've got no more. That's the end of the stats. So we're going to move on to uh, the members corner. And like we said, we were trying to promote the membership uh, for, as, for as long as we're going to be doing the podcast now. This is going to be a cemented segment. It's going to be here every week. And uh, so this week's member is McDara Ferris. I'm a member. Okay, we're here with McDara Ferris, my uh, talent time co-author. And he becomes the second person ever to be interviewed in my house. The other person was just amazing. So you're in good company. So this is members corner. So... Tell us how long you've been a member and why did you become one? I think I became a member virtually from from the first first time, which I think was back in 2002. They looked to develop a 400 club, which was to try and help fund and get Tallow Stadium over the line. So it was a way to bring in new funds into the club to try and finish the stadium, which was then just a, a shell. The uh, the terrace units were in and the the beams for the roof and then that was it. Um, so it would have been back then when I first joined. So basically from the from the off. Why do you think uh, fans owning the club is the way to go? I think it's been quite successful with a number of clubs in the League of Ireland um, in recent years. Which which Amherst Rovers, uh, Cork City. There's there's quite a lot of members on the club. Whatever the club is or in the League of Ireland, the volunteers are at the centre of, of each of the clubs. But with the fan ownership, you can really play a part. So uh, what I would say, people talk about their club, you know, there's a sense of ownership about the club. But with a fan's own club, there's an actual ownership. Like you do own a part of the club and you can, um, different models that you get from your membership. But ultimately, you get a vote. You get to decide who the board of directors are and they make a pitch as to what way they want to go with the club and, and if, you, if you're happy with that, great, you can show your support if you're not happy with that, again, there's, a, there's an AGM the AGM's coming up in a few weeks' time and if, if you want, you can raise issues um, uh, and, and that's what's been done all down the years some, some AGMs has been, um, you know, people have been quite vocal in, in disagreeing I wouldn't necessarily have agreed with some of them but uh, and then what it's a great way of is actually getting to to understand just how much is involved in running the club, how big a job it is, how financially like it's a it's a big company um, that the, that the club is, and uh, I think I always get a better appreciation for just how much work goes in behind the scenes um, after an AGM um, than before. You mentioned some of the perks there, membership. But what other benefits would you like to see as part of it? Uh, well, one of the things that a few years ago I was involved with the club, a number of members um, kind of got together to have a look at the membership model. Um, previously, the membership, when it first started, was €40 uh, euro a month, and then it went up to €50 euro in the kind of Celtic Tiger days. And the number, I think the maximum number of members was um, when we moved into Tala. Was, uh, uh, and then it's dropped since then. There's been a bit of you know, maybe people felt, well, why do we need to be members? We're in, we're in Tala now, and so a number of us kind of got together to see, well, what was in the membership model? Was there things we could do better, um, and potentially maybe drop the membership price down to forty euro? But 
there's a cost benefit analysis there. If you drop it down to 40 euro, will you entice enough members in to um, to, to fill the hole? And it is. It's a big financial contribution that the members make to the club club during the year. Um, so that was one of the things that we looked at. And we looked at the the number of membership models around both the League of Ireland and wider. And Rovers is quite expensive for what you get. The model, a lot of the models in the UK, particularly in the lower leagues, um, the membership is really a nominal fee. It's like twenty pounds, um, and you get a vote. But really, that's about it. Um, with with um, with Rovers, is a little bit different. The, one of the big perks for me is someone who drives his parking parking permit in the stadium, and I actually think that's that that's really good. There's various discounts. Getting ahead of tickets for big games, um, be the European games. I can remember the likes of you know Juventus coming to the stadium and things like that. But even some of the away games where we might have limited, that's a real perk. So you're asking me a long-winded, uh, I've given you a long-winded answer and I actually haven't answered the question. What other perks would I like to see? I probably would maybe like to see if the price could be could be dropped down um, to try and entice more, more members in uh, just because I think it's quite expensive for, for what you get. Uh, it's probably not a problem at the moment but would you ever cap it at a certain number the 400 cup I don't think so um, like I think the, the numbers were quite large when around about examinership people would have would have joined um, around that time and then we moved into Tala I think the more the merrier the, the you're, there's more stability there's more um, resources you can tap into and I'm not talking necessarily about financial resources but we, we've seen there's a number of people that are on the board that have previously served on the board or even just work in a volunteering capacity that have you know skills within kind of um, legal finance marketing publicity um, uh, financial elements like that so I think the more members you have I, I think the I think the, the better so I don't think uh, I, w- I wouldn't necessarily want to cap it now what would you say to a fan who's thinking of becoming a member? I think it would really open it would open their eyes as to what's involved in the club, particularly at, at the AGM and, and we would have had um you know, a couple of extraordinary AGMs as well. And and that's the other thing whereas um you know, the membership decided uh last year, maybe eighteen months ago, to essentially dilute the membership and to go back to what it was when after examinership which was Ray Wilson at 50% and the members at 50% and over the years as the members continued to pay their money and effectively that was diluting Ray's shareholding I think he was down to maybe about 10% um, and the members decided uh, and, and it, was, it was virtually unanimous and, and certainly I very much supported to to dilute it again to get an investment of the one and a half million um, through, through Ray and, and Seamus Dawes uh, 10 year interest free loan to invest in the club, particularly with the kind of the administration side and also within Roadstone, um, just looking at well, where, how can we continue to go as a, as a club? What can we do to develop and and by bringing through um, and developing our own players into our own team makes a big difference. So so the members decided that, so we decided that. So somebody wanted to join, you really are 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 playing your part in that as well as financially supporting the club on a monthly or, or yearly basis. Okay, we're going to switch gears for the moment. Uh, this season, it's obviously been disappointing one, but would you have a highlight from it? Probably the probably the win against Cork, the kind of Monday night fixture that we won three 0 at home in Tala, um, and also would be the other game against Cork uh, down in well, one of the other games against Cork down in in Turners Cross was the night Gavin Brazuno saved the penalty, so Cork hadn't they'd won every single game in the league that that season and they got a penalty and sadly had scored 
a penalty in in that fixture against Kevin Horgan earlier on in the season, and um, Bazuna was in goal, and he'd been and and he saved the penalty. It was an absolutely brilliant penalty save. And I remember afterwards, it was actually it was one of the um, one of the games where it was after the game, I was talking to Stephen Bradley for the manager's notes for the program, and was kind of asking about him and about uh, Stephen. Bradley and myself were kind of standing there with grins on our faces because it was such a, a great story. And he was saying it was it was a it was a really interesting line that he said that you know Gavin was uh, stood in the penalties on 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 the way down. And I always remember it was like people give out about teenagers they were forever on their phones or on their iPads. But uh, I thought it was a class one that that's what he was doing on the way down that night. And he and he saved a penalty and and it was a real highlight. And it was such big publicity. I remember the over the next week you know um, people at Rovers and and friends and and colleagues in work were asking what's the story with this 16 year old and the story's obviously jumped on a little bit in the in the last week or so but I think that's probably the the kind of the domestic highlights and the 90 minutes in Stockholm which was 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 really good as well it'll be your player of the year that was really difficult actually I had to to dig out the program which I, I have here to my left to have a look down to the list well the season has been hot and cold and there's been some good times and then some bad times as well but the there hasn't really been a, a player who's been consistent right through the season um part of me would nearly give it to graham burke but you can't really give a player of the year to someone who left in june um i think probably lee grace would be the top for me um but like some of the other players in the squad he, he's made a few mistakes listen we all do that so i'm not looking for someone who's who's uh but a couple of times where he has made a mistake uh we've been punished but i think maybe that shows how good a player that he is that he doesn't make these mistakes um so i'd probably i'd probably go with lee grace at the minute uh you work for extra time.ie of course and uh, that's gotten you to champions league finals super cup finals all sorts of things around the world including russia this summer so tell us about your experiences on the big stage yeah it seems seems ages ago now football moves on so moves on so quickly uh you know we're now into the uefa nations league but yeah going to the world cup was was great i've been there was the first time i went with a press pass i've been lucky enough to go to um every world cup for one or two or or maybe more games since france 98 um so it was instant to to go as a as a journalist but um yeah russia was really good like people were wondering beforehand geez are you really going to go to russia and there was a lot of horror stories i think we're you know we're so close to the british media i think a lot of that was was that way but i think that the russian people organization and state were going out of their way to to try and make the tournament go as well as it can and to be fair that that's every tournament um i think you can look at how well the tournaments run and you can still critique how maybe the politics and, and certain things that the russian state does elsewhere in the world and you can still give out about it so um but the the, the tournament was was a really good tournament uh, it was really well organized i think the football was really good um there was a lot of teams that could have won it france were probably the best team but maybe not the outstanding team um i i based myself in st petersburg um for most of it and then i went to kaliningrad for the england belgian game which was a bit of a well it was a dead rubber so it was a little bit disappointing um disappointing game but it was interesting to go to kaliningrad which is like an enclave um surrounded by i think it's belarus and poland um but russia have their fleet there it's a it's a port that they can use all year round so that's why they hang, that's why they hang on to it but st petersburg is an absolutely gorgeous city um definitely recommend it anyone if you get a chance to go there spent kind of two weeks there i was at um four matches so i was kind of 
the day before the match I would have been out at the post-match press pre-match press conference the day of the game would have been out there you know for a bit of time but but in between I was able to do kind of tour stuff and, and see the city um, the stadium the most expensive stadium in the world I think is, is a, quite an amazing stadium but they there's um that has its own kind of horror stories in terms of uh, construction and construction cost and and workers getting um, not not the best uh, climate to be to be working in as well. But um, but yeah, I really enjoyed the tournament. I got to see um, Brazil play. Um, got to see Argentina. Probably the the Messi goal against Nigeria is the is probably the big highlight. Um, uh, probably one of the best goals I've I've, I've seen in the stadium. So yeah. You mentioned some of the the press conferences there. Uh, I read your postcard from the World Cup and extra time to do. And you seem to particularly enjoy uh, Tite's press conference, the Brazil manager, who uh, sealed his place into now folklore with a tumble celebrations. And he's also known as the professor. So we've got that got that in common. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Was um, the way they do the the press conferences? You. Um, they have uh, headphones and simultaneous translations. There's a translator sitting at the sitting at the back, and and the translation is usually is usually pretty good. A lot of the managers will speak in English, so uh, Carlos Queiroz was one of the managers, or the the German national manager of of Nigeria speaking in English. But the whatever way the translation was for the um, for Chiche and and the Portuguese, it it really wasn't great. So. Um, I kind of took off the headphones and just watched it. I didn't necessarily understand it, but like he worked the room, he pointed out to different people. He he he. It was nearly forty-five minutes. It was nearly like a whole half of of football. And uh, Silvino was his assistant manager, so he he threw a few questions his way. But yeah, he was like a he was like an old school preacher. So yeah, that was quite entertaining. Yeah. Right, so that's McDermott. Excellent stuff again, and uh, he's becoming a bit of a podcast fiend, isn't he? He's he seems to be making an appearance left, right, centre. So he's pretty much echoing uh, what John Connolly said uh, the previous week, isn't it, about the price? He feels it should be lower. And him and Owen Rice were on that committee a few years ago, so and that's what they kind of recommended. So yeah, so like we said, it's going to be it's going to be uh, it's going to be ever present now, and we're any members who want to come and approach us, definitely. We've got a couple lined up for the next few weeks. Definitely wanted to get you on and get your um, opinions on how we can improve and the membership the origins the genesis all that type of stuff we definitely want to get your opinions on that so uh, don't hesitate to contact us I feel there's pain on picking a player of the year because like we've got so many players who will have a, had a good half a season like Burke and Manus and Watts will have a good two months or whatever but who's actually had a good season from February to October no one how do you weigh it up at the end of it's the season just, like, yeah. it's just Lee Grace with a few mistakes like what other contender is there for a consistent performer all season does that sum up our season does that sum up our season that we just pick Lee Grace because no one else has been consistent enough really even does. though he's made some, some mistakes like that's mm. it's kind of sad but how about another potential segment Gary history segment oh yes and uh, I'm going to kick you off here now Connor Foley's going to kick us off with the new history segment Gary okay Connor wrote this in the whatsapp group at six in the morning on a Sunday. He said, and I quote, Fuck taxi men. Wouldn't give me a lift. Talking to a taxi man who was at Rovers v Bayern Munich away when we almost best them. They call the keeper Shetty Don. <laughs> they call the keeper Shetty Don K. No, how true that is. But he said a fella fella called Tuffy or some. 
Master of English. <laughs> Scored against them. But Bayern ended up scoring a last-minute winner. Can anybody clarify on this story, please? Actually, Connor, no. Uh, uh, what are we clarifying? I don't know what you want to clarify. <laughs> the whole message needs to be clarified. No, that pretty much sums it up. Don't bother with Robert's books. That's that's how it all went down yeah. in 1966. Oh, good. Um, so that's the history segment. Anyway, look out for it next week. Uh, Tuesday night, former hoop. And Enda uh, Stevens started for Ireland in a friendly in Poland and Graham Burke came off the bench so good to see the lads getting caps and Enda Stevens very fond memories of him why are we still playing friendlies I thought the, the Nations League was replacing all this I, I don't know I don't know It's I really don't um, need to play a man again do we every year we need to play a man yeah uh, Ethan Boyle he was drafted into the Ireland 21 squad to face Germany and Talla and I uh, was there briefly prof I had to go up really? I was in Talla and I actually I had a couple of meetings and then I realised it was on so I dropped in and I bumped into Chef Ray in the car park so I went there for 10 minutes seeing Mr Maloney as well and the place was packed the whole main stand was packed free for season ticket holders yeah whole main stand was full so um, they were 1-0 down after 5 or 6 minutes and it was the hammering from there on in they were beating 6-0 uh, they were, had their arses handed to them yeah, it 3 was, penalties uh, Apparently Stonewallers though, I mean, it's, it's not good. Um, absolutely smashed. Uh, so the Ireland under 16s, they won 4-2 in Bulgaria with two Rovers players in the starting 11, Oshin Hand and Roland Banya. So Roland has been picking up uh, some um, publicity lately with performances, so uh, definitely one for the future. In a couple of days earlier, the Ireland under 19s lost one in the home to Wales with Aaron Bulger in the team and Brandon Cavanagh was in the squad as well. So we're looking good. Couple of young hoops getting uh, underage caps, and uh, going back to the weekend before last, we Rovers under 19s they beat Limerick four nil at Rollstone, and we goals from Armstrong, Newland, and Caffrey with the penalty. So uh, Armstrong is being jumped up to the 19s now. Yeah, it's a leap. So he's scoring for the 19s. 15 year old scoring for the 19s. And when the 17s won five nil and Kerry three for Danila Bogdanov, of course. Give and, it the bog. Uh, give it the bog. One for Kelly and one for Odeni. So next up for them is Cove Ramblers at Tala Saturday 2pm kickoff. So get your arse down to Tala and watch our young hoops. And this Saturday, the 15th, they drew two all at Finn Harps. Rovers came from 1-0 down to go 2-1 up with both goals scored by Jamie Harrell but the Harps scored a late equaliser. And um, I think that's only the second game they dropped points in is it, all the, season. The 15th. Yeah. Yeah, they seem to be steamrolling and they're doing really well. So a late equaliser knocked them off their perch. Uh, they're playing St. Pat's in the Cup semi-final at Rollstone on Wednesday night. So uh, you'll already know that result by the time you hear this. And then bowls away in the league on the following Monday. The Telegraph reported that the €470 Euro deal for Man City to sign Gavin Bazzuno is complete. So um, this, this is a strange one. They, they posted a picture of him signing something with Jason Wilcox and the Mirror. They ran a story saying that Rovers officials weren't too happy with the photograph because the deal wasn't officially done yet. And they don't quotes from anyone belonging to Rovers about being unhappy. So they just presumed that we were unhappy. This so, is a strange one to see, like, like the club haven't confirmed it. But then you see this photograph of Bazuna signing a sheet of paper. It was strange, but why would they say we're unhappy like, and not have a source or a quote? No, oh, so it's a weird one. But uh, your man Wilcox, he actually played with McPhail for Leeds for five years. Yeah. So uh, a bit of a relationship there. I think he might have played with somebody else as well. Duffer at Blackburn. That's another oh, connection as well, yeah. 
So uh, yeah, so that was that's a strange one, but it's it's a good look to Gavin, and it's a it's a substantial amount of cash, and he's going to be here with us for the next year anyway to complete his leaving cert. So we'll probably see him in the hoops before he leaves, and uh, yeah, no good luck to the guy, and that's that's the Man City deal for Gavin Bazunu, and then we had the Soccer Republic piece on Asheville College, which was fantastic stuff, really enjoyed it, and. Um, it's pretty much just showcasing what we're doing at Rovers at the moment, making sure our young kids are educated. If they're going to be thrusted into the force team, we're going to make sure they're educated and they are being. Uh, so they'll train with the force team and then they go to Ashfield College to have tailored classes uh, suited to their needs. And then the two lads, success story already. They've completed the leaving cert with good results and uh, hopefully more to come. Gavin yes. is involved in that as well, so he'll be doing his leaving cert next year. Yeah, it was really good PR for the club, wasn't it? The whole piece was really cool. I saw someone say it was kind of a watershed moment. Like, just to watch Aaron Bodger on TV say, yeah, I played for the Rovers first team and I'm doing my demons right here. I could have gone to England, but I didn't. Just yeah. hearing him say those words out loud was like, whoa, that's, yeah, that's every chance. interesting. And that's that's a that's a tough decision. I mean, we, we've spoken to plenty of ex-pros on Monty Madness and things like that, and they've... They've said that sometimes, like Tony Cousins, for instance, I was saying to Tony, I was saying, I don't think I'd let my son go away if they offered him something. And he says, well, wait till they sit down with you if it ever happens and then and then come back to me. He said, they'll sit down with you, they'll throw money in your face, they'll offer you the sun, moon, the stars, and says it's very hard not to take the offer. He said mm. they could be offering you six, seven figures. It's it's crazy money. So, um, it was, it's a, yeah, it's a fair play to, to Aaron on completing his leaving and it's the, the sky's the limit now for him. And Dean Dillon, of course. And um, Bulger had a quote. He said, I could have went to England. But when I was 16, but my family and I sat down and talked about it and decided it's best to stay here and go through Rovers. I don't think I was ready to go away at 16. It was very immature. The experience of playing football and doing the leaving was really good. I think playing here against men will really develop you too. So, uh, mm. fantastic stuff. And it's, uh, it's refreshing to hear a young man say that. People are laughing at... Uh when he said uh, his favourite moment so far at Rovers was the League Cup final. And then he said, well, I got sent off, but still. Yeah, true the foot in. And uh, there was a written piece as well that came with it on RTE. And it mentioned that Bulger was signed up for another two years, so we didn't actually know that. Yeah, we seem to go about our business in the mm. dark as regards to contract signings, which is something that we should, can't really give out about. And on the rejuvenation of Melee, naturally there's a bit of cynicism that his contract is up and he's performing now. But I actually don't know for sure if his contract is up. Yeah, nobody knows. But I, I, could be the end I next wouldn't year. like to to paint him as that type of character. Mm. I don't think he's that type of guy. I hope not. So, um, but if if it came down to it, I think a manager knows what he wants and what he what he can get out of a player. So I don't think it would even come down to that situation. Dean Dillon, by the way, not really get much game time at Longford. No, it doesn't seem to be either. So it's uh, it's unfortunate in that sense as well. I think he needs a bit of football. Like Sean Boyd in particular, he needs football. He when's the last time he kicked the ball in anger you know it's it's definitely time for these guys to maybe look at a loan deal and then we had our own Mick McCarthy the Pines Mafia capo was on RT News tackling the stigma about ageing so uh, in aid of charity alone he got a second tattoo on his arm once a hoop always a hoop and uh, don't worry about ageing Mick you look great <laughs> so it was, a, it was a great piece he got inked up and uh, it's it's definitely on my bucket list anyway I have to get myself a Rovers tattoo eventually. it actually looked really good uh, it's, you know it's the symbols the football loves us kind of symbol mm. the ball and the shammer coming out once the hoop ball was in oh, it was a class act yeah. and then we have uh, 
the uh, annual Play for Paddy Six Aside Charity Football Tournament in memory of Paddy Delahanty, uh, the grey hoop who passed away a couple of years ago. Saturday, September 15th, 11am, Astro Park at Kulak Lane. Tickets are €5, Euro, two for €3 Euro each, and uh, find Emma Wheatley. So the Wheats will look after you if you're looking for tickets, if you want to enter a team. Um, it's, a, it's a fantastic occasion. There's loads of teams I'm going to head out with. To get a feel for a five-a-side and how to run it and buy a couple of raffle tickets. Just even take it all in, have a point or two. Because it's going to be a good day. And uh, interview some of the winners, hopefully, if I'm there that long. And uh, yeah, just, just give them a bit of coverage because it's a great um, cause. And uh, definitely anyone with a spare few quid, buy a ticket and uh, you don't even have to play. It's all it's all for fun. It's all for um, for charity. So like we said, you can contact Emma Weedley and catch her on Facebook or Instagram and like that if you're interested in buying any tickets or in Tala Stadium on a Friday. Yeah, so Dylan Watts won the close player of the month for August for his displays in the hoops. Um, did you agree with it, Prof? Yeah, it was fair enough. Didn't agree with some of the nominations, actually. Sean Cavanagh was in there. Yeah, he had a couple of decent games, but I think it's he was filler, wasn't he? He was filler. Just throw him in. They kind of knew it was, it was going to be between, I think it was... Uh, Alan Manis, Alan Manis and Watts. It was going to be between mm. those two. So they were just throwing in filler there, to be honest. Yeah, so on the topic of Dylan Watts, uh, we have uh, Quifties. And that's coming up. Prof, we have a new format. Tell us all about it. Yeah, so the, the first match you're going to hear is still the first round because we needed to replace uh, Berkey, I think, wasn't it? Berkey and Tomer? Yeah, well, Luke Byrne faced Ron and Finn to replace Tomer. Right. So... So then we have uh, Manus and Moss to replace uh, Berkey. So that's still a first round match. So we had Sean Cavanaugh waiting there. So the winner would place Sean in the, the quarterfinals. Ominously waiting there. So from the quarterfinals, we wanted to make a, a more fair format because we found that every single time we finished this bleeding quiz, one of the players would be like, oh, I got the short straw there. Or ah, he got crazy. easier questions. And I'm like, ugh. So we made the fairest way possible. We printed out. 10 football questions and printed out 10 uh, non-football so they're actually there on sheets of paper turned over so you couldn't see so the lads would actually point to the one they want and then we'd read it out so it's completely random the questions are picking so they can't blame us yeah Go and, ahead. Uh, so that's it that's the format and next up we're going to hear that we're going to listen to Quifties Okay, so we're back at Rollstone for questions from the East End. It's our final round and uh, our matchup between two of our newest signings, Dylan Watts and Big Alan Manis. So uh, this is going to see who will take on Graham Bork's place in the quarterfinals. So uh, you wouldn't be familiar with the quiz, lads. It's 10 questions each, 15 second time limit, and we go back and forth. So first question is to Dylan, then Al, Dylan, Al, and so on like that. So we have Sean Kavanagh waiting in the wings, and he's set to play the winner straight after this. So we're going to start with Dylan. And uh, Dylan, how many caps does Declan Rice have for Ireland? Um, four. No, three. Al, how many caps has Jack Grelish got for England? Two. No, zero. <laughs> Dylan, which Luxembourg side just reached the group stages of the Europa League? Uh, F91 Dudelange. Yeah, that's them. Because you played against them. Yeah. Three years ago, wasn't it? UCD. Good answer. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, who will contest this year's League Cup final? Don't know. There you see Ian Cove Rambler. <laughs> Dylan, which club's crest has a double headed eagle emblem and says Perth 1884? Oh. 
I don't know, it's a Perth glory now. Can you get that one now? Is it St. John's in Brandy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't get, you don't get to steal no. the point though. No, no, no. And I'll name one of three clubs involved in an East Midlands derby. Birmingham? No. Ah, East Midlands? I don't know. Eight seconds. Oh, you still get an answer? Uh, yeah. I don't know. Leicester, Forest, or Derby? I wouldn't have guessed that. And Dylan, in what country was Alan Manis born? Northern Ireland. Canada. What? <laughs> and Al, how was that? <laughs> <laughs> Al, how far did Leicester get in the 2016-17 Champions League? Uh, for the final. Yes. Here we go. <laughs> Just a random guess. <laughs> Dylan, who scored Rovers two league penalties this season prior to you last week? So before you are taking the penalties, who took them? Graham Burke, no. Graham Burke, that's yes. it. Did you score a penalty or something like that? Me. I'll name two goalkeepers to play for Rovers between 2012 and 2016. Um, Barry Murphy. Yeah. Um, Tomer Chichinxi. No. No. Six seconds. Uh, Oscar Janssen. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That'll do. There was also Riyad Petersay, Richard Rush, Craig Hoyland. Uh, name Dylan, name two clubs involved in the Derby Civiliano. Um, I don't know. Real Batiste and Sevilla, it was on the weekend. Batiste beat them 1 0. And uh, in Spain, the Zamora trophy is given to which player? Goal scorer? The goalkeeper with the lowest goals to game ratio. Dylan, to calculate how many watts are in something, you need two things the amps and. Um, units, no? Volts. Volts. And Al, what are two main types of peanut butter? <laughs> Smooth and crunchy. Yeah, smooth. <laughs> it's the easiest question. <laughs> Dylan, which soft green egg-shaped fruit comes from New Zealand? Avocado, is it? No. Do we have to take the fourth Kiwi. Kiwi. Yeah, no, we have to take the fourth answer. Al was able to get more. He was, wasn't he? He was, yeah. though. You were giving Al more time. We asked him for three. And he gave us yeah, one. Yeah, it was the one. Now we, we can't Kiwi. give it to you. What? Stewart. Uh, Al, complete the title of this movie. Ant-Man and the... Wasp? Yeah. Dylan, which city's airport is named after George Best? Well, that's an easy Northern Ireland. Belfast? Yeah, that'll do. Al, what company what company is famous for making World Cup stickers? Or Premier League stickers or uh Match Attack or something like that? Panini. So what are we looking at now is what scores? I think I'll tip Would you go that? No way. Four three, Dale. No, we can, we can still, you can still make it, it up. We've one left. Can you spell the Leicester chairman's first name? It's Chank. Um, C H E N K. No, it's v Vichai. If that's the pronunciation, is right. So that's um, yeah. You can't win it now. Well, we can go to the other question anyway. I'll spell the word Farrell. Farrell. Yeah. P H A R. OAH. Yeah, that's it. So that does it. So five three. So five three. It's Alan. Alan now takes on.
Jean More cheese. <laughs> the peanut butter question was out. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a different setup now. What we're going to do is. These, these are the questions here. Can we choose that? We can choose no, we're either. Gonna go with all the football questions. All right, okay. All the uh, we'll do football ones first then. Yeah. Oh, the question answers on it, so Gary. Oh, sorry, right, okay. yeah. So Alex Pickle. What's the name of the Bray Wanderers goalkeeper who faced us last week? I don't know his first name, Morin. Should we give him a trade? Niall? No, no, he went for it now, no, no, we can't give it. Evan Moore, yeah. yeah. Had a great game, yeah. fairness. Yeah. Right, go. Yeah, go. No, no, Gary needs to. Yeah, just play. Right. So, who was Shamrock Rovers player of the year last year? Shaw, is it? Yeah, Gary Shaw. Go for that. Who scored the fastest Premier League hat trick in history? Salah? No, Sadio Mane. Beat Robbie Fowler there recently. Name three clubs that Ronaldinho has played for. PSG. Barcelona. Clock is ticking. Clock is ticking. Uh, didn't actually start it, but we'll say it's... Nah, I don't know. Right. Gremio or AC Milan? That's hard because you have to get three, three right there, don't you? Yeah. yeah. Tough one. Big Alice picked one. <laughs> what was the opening match at the 2018 World Cup? Russia versus Egypt. No, Russia and Saudi Arabia. Go for Sean. Take that one. What German club have reached their first Champions League group stage? Um, Leipzig, no? Hoffenheim. I was going to say Hoffenheim, but it's not Liverpool. Can I go, Al, you pick up? That one. Liverpool, Chelsea, and who still have a 100% record in the Premier League this season? Spurs? Watford. It's tough ones. That one, yes. Okay. Cavo, who are the only club with still a 100% record in the Scottish Premiership? Pats. Yeah. yeah. Real Madrid have won four of the last five Champion Leagues. Who won the other? Barcelona. Yeah, 2015. Two. And last one, Cavill. How many seasons did Rovers spend in the Force Division? In the Force Division? Um, three. Won in 2006, bounced straight back up on that Pat Scully. So uh, just keep going. Al, you go for it now. Who directed Jaws, Raiders of the Lost Ark, and E.T.? Steven Spielberg. Could be in trouble. Come on. Spell the word medieval. M A D. I E V E L. Say it again. What was the last one? E L. E L. No, A L. A L. Go for that. She knew it was I before E. That's going to the bottom. That's our. Cairo is the capital of which country? Egypt. Yeah. Ooh. Three. Two. Three. Two. 
Spell the word millennium. <laughs> Spelling. M I L L E N I E M. No, you're missing an N. We'll go for Al. Bangkok is the capital of which country? Thailand. Mm. I don't know the geography. I'll just do the spelling, he can do geography. <laughs> <laughs> it is random now. What's the first letter at the top left corner of a keyboard? Q. Yeah. yeah. Good shit. It is. Hazard. <laughs> Who lived at 22? 221 Baker Street, London. Uh, Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. The TV book. general knowledge, isn't he? Yeah. Never seen Sherlock Holmes. I just thought it has to be something like that. <laughs> Name a search engine besides Google. Mozilla Firefox. No. That's a browser. Um, can't go again, can I? Yeah, go. yeah keep go going until the time runs out. Google. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Yahoo, Bing, or Ask. Big Al is going for. In tennis, the first Grand Slam of every calendar year is held where? Uh, USA. Australia. Yeah. And Cavo with the last one. Name the famous boxing promoter who worked with names like Ali and Tyson. Famous in the 90s. Big hair. Uh, Don King. Don King, yeah. What does that, that make it? Five, four, five. Yeah. So Big Al, it's true. Yeah. To the same. Cheers, lads. <laughs> yeah, so that was the Quifties. Um, peanut butter one was a softie, in fairness. <laughs> Um, what else was there? That's the most I've ever seen Alamanis smile. I yeah, think. he was delighted. Say he went home and ate the whole jar. His face lit up when you asked that question. But yeah. uh, no sign of mental fatigue there from Al. No, he's two quizzes in one day. His first, general knowledge is quite good. First person we've ever asked to do that. Yeah, do know, one and two in one day. He likes the general knowledge. He's uh, he's quite the buff. Uh, Dylan knew the Doodle Ange one. The the Luxembourg team that made the Europa League group stage because his UCD side actually beat them how do you go from losing the UCD to reaching the Europa League group stages that's in, been a massive transformation in three years I think there's money involved but either way you can throw money at, at all you want it might not still work but they've they've, they've qualified for the Europa League a Luxembourg team it's, it's a crazy and uh, amateur mistake by, by Cavill did you notice that uh, what was it what was it well it wasn't so much the questions I'll just school them on the general knowledge, didn't he? Ah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. School, big time. But it was before it started. It was a mistake. I'm talking about. Did you know it's a mistake? No. We flipped a coin to see who who should go first, and he said, "No, Al can go first." Yeah, there you go. Does yeah. he not? You always go. You always take the advantage. Have you not heard the statistic? In penalty shootouts, the team who goes first wins sixty percent of the time. Sixty percent of the time. Yeah. So he's learned his lesson. Yeah. That's why they brought in the ABBA rules. Yeah, yeah you which go, I'm not a fan of. You go, and then I go twice, then you go. Yeah, so that was the Quifties. What we got left in that now, we've got a couple of... Well, that's one quarterfinal match done. Quarterfinals. So I've got three others. We're going to have... Uh, next show, we're going to have Luke Byrne versus Davy Mack. Oh, it's going to be a crunch toy. Crunch toy. Looking forward to that. And, uh, yeah, so next up, we're going to 
give our starting 11s and predictions. What's up, Prof? Who's, have you got something prepared here? Not really. And Glimmer going to be scrapping for their lives here, right? I'd still like to see Joey O'Brien back in the team if he's yeah. fit. I think. Other than that, I wouldn't change much. Yeah, I'm going to go. Um, I'm going to go Manus and goal. I will go with Cavo on the left. Eden Boyle on the right will go. I'm going to presume Pico and. Uh, I'm going to presume Joey O'Brien's not there. So Pico and Grace, centre half. Brando on the left with the free roll so we can cut in. On the right, Joel Coustron. Um we'll go uh, we'll go four five one. And uh I'm I'm gonna pray that we can have these willing runners to go in and support our striker and Danny Carr and what's Bulger. Bulger Minor. Ooh. Bulger Minor. Um Watts and Finn. All getting in and beyond Danny Carr to give him a dig out and uh, I'll say I'll say a 2-0 win no I'll say a 3-0 win we'll score towards the end of the first half <coughs> and then we'll score two in the 80th to 90th minute who's your right back again? Eden Boyle fresh off his call up to Ireland 21s right well my team is the same except uh, Joey in right back and I'm going to play Brandon Kavanagh instead of Aaron Bolger and my prediction is 3-1 so Limerick to get a consolation goal at the end. Consolation goal. And uh, yeah, so that is it. So, uh, yeah, no, on another note, we want to talk about... Um, it's it, There's been a debate recently about the fines that the club has been getting. And... Uh, it's in the newsletter too. Yeah, it? this is in the newsletter, in the members' newsletter. So, I think there was the guts of four or five grand for, um, for the banners. And I'm not sure if the pyro was involved in that, but the offensive banners were the ones... In Waterford, yeah, the, I think it was in Waterford, and there was another one as well. But like, I'm not. I'm, there's there's a couple of there's two sides to the coin here. I mean, fair enough. You can say that you don't agree with the FAI and their rules, and you should be able to have free speech as regards to what you want to say about a player who has done something wrong like that. That's how the ultras feel, I reckon. But then you have the club side of it, who will be getting the fine. And we'll have to pay it out of the club's coffers. And then you'll have the likes of, I mean, the offensive banner. You could go down the road and say it's not very PC. And then there's kids looking at it. And they're asking questions about it. And it's, I think, as regards to the pyro and things like that, I think that's needed. I, I, I'm a big fan of that. But with the, the likes of the, the likes of those banners, if we're going to get fined, if we're going to get fined thousands of euro because we want to take the piss out of somebody, I think just scrap it, don't bother just just abuse them in your own way if you want to do that but if, if we're going to take the piss out of somebody an opposition player or an opposition club and it's going to get us fined because it's deemed offensive because of what was said RSC and the the paedophile thing maybe we should just just shouldn't bother because it's it's I mean at the end of the day we're we're, we're getting fined thousands of euro for it is this. a hefty amount yeah. it's a hefty amount I mean I agree with the flares. I wouldn't. I wouldn't like to see them go. No, you don't want to see the flares. But I mean, the little plus messages. the FBI are hypocritical anyway. They actually use flares in their promo videos. Mm. So like, what do you want, one or the other? Yeah, very true. Like, I mean, I, I'm all for that. That's not. That's no problem. And I'll go on record saying that. But if if we're gonna keep on getting fined for these messages that we're gonna put on, uh, the, the, let's just who who cares? From just just scrap them, and we can we can find our own way to do do it in a different way. But. 
Um, yeah, no. Other other than that, I think that's the, the members' newsletter. What else did it contain? It had had Robert Goggins in it with a very long interview as well. I think that was snatched from our grasp. We wanted to get him on the members' corner <laughs> as well. We'll have to get him again anyway for an audio interview. Got scooped. Got scooped. Yeah. Um, it was so not like I said. It's it is a bit of an issue, and it's going to be raised at the AGM. AGM's on September 29th and uh, I'm looking forward to it as well because I have a couple of questions I want to ask. I'm sure everybody does, all the members. So it's going to be an interesting one but we'll move on now and uh, this is our third last home game of the season. We'll be Limerick at home. I reckon we can smash them. I hope we do. Um, bit more developments on the stand. Uh, I think we're just waiting on the seats to go in now. So Yeah, I was having a chat with Mick Kearns who's uh, involved in the... He's the, rewiring the whole thing, isn't he? In the building of the stand. Or wiring, whatever. Yeah. And uh, he was really selling to me. He was like, was like, Carol, I've been up in this stand. And it's the best view in the ground. Obviously, he would champion this new stand. But he just said it's the way it's elevated. He just thinks this view is amazing. Particularly more, even more so than the north. Or sorry, the, the east and the west. Oh, I don't know. I like my elevated yeah. pitch. In mm. the middle of the pitch. Halfway line mm. view. I don't think we can't. I'm going to try it out the first day. Tales from behind the goal. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't sound great, does it? You have to try it once. Yeah, I'll be definitely try it. Ah, of course, yeah. but I I never really did like that view. Hmm. But if it is elevated to a certain degree, I, I I'll give it a go because I I I just think you miss a lot when you're closer down to the pitch, like the the shed end view or or the the, the Oriel Park view. I'm not a fan of it. And the terrace is there, so yeah. So that's uh, the seats. I think we're waiting on the yellow, red, blue, pink, purple. Whatever fucking colour the seats are going to be. <laughs> but at this stage, it doesn't really matter because they're all multicoloured anyway. Um, and the Glenmalore pre-match, we have something new. We have the programme Swap Shop, which is a great initiative. Uh, if you have any match programmes that you want to bring along and swap with other collectors, or just pass them along. Some old ones, that starts at 6.45. And they look for volunteers and helpers, so if you do want to go and give a hand, definitely show up and uh, we give them a dig out. And the Junior Hoops news, uh, Junior Hoops, the only news I asked Glenn Dunn for some news and I says, Right, what's the Junior Hoops news this week? He says, Yeah, Junior Hoops are gonna win the five side. I was like, that's that's thrown out shots there already. Yeah, we'll see what happens in the draw. Yeah, and then of course we have Chef Ray, who is lashing out the beautiful gorgeous curry, as usual. And he's gonna have some pies as well, so definitely get in there, check out the pies. There's gonna be some lovely pints and uh the usual match day hospitality, which is a uh, second to none at Shamrock Rovers. So uh that'll be that. And then we have Barney, good old Barney. He says, is there any chance we could get Carl Paul Turner into 1899 suite? Special guest for the next home game versus Limerick. I've been cracking up watching that video all week, man. It's hilarious. Just a little side note. Forget your program swaps. Forget your 1899 bar. Forget Ray's curry and all that. The early 90s knew how to do it, Gar. We We knew how to do it back then. Because Paul Thomas found this old article a few weeks back. I wanted to read it. This was in the newspaper. Shamrock Rovers' entry into the world of high fashion proved an unqualified success last weekend at the RDS and plans are already being hatched to trump the occasion. And this is manager Noel King. He says, Apart altogether from the team, I'm now full-time on the promotional side of things, which is something I've always had an interest. We got 6,000 at the match, 1,000 at the fashion show, and our hot lunches went down a storm. (laughs) Is this a serious article? Yeah, yeah. He says it all adds atmosphere. It makes people want to come back. Fashion show. Yeah, we need to bring back fashion shows. Who is going to be the model? <laughs> Forky, I reckon. He'd look great on the catwalk. 
Is that serious? Yeah. Who organised a fashion show? What I want to know is when did it take place? Like at half time or before the game? Um, or yeah, was like was there ultras and was there displays? If they got like uh, fashion larrys who who meet up beforehand at these fashion shows and First have of all, scraps. If it was six thousand the match, this must have been like the third or fourth game of the RDS because yeah. the crowds dropped off pretty soon. Then it's a mental uh, yeah. article. So we'd uh, the usual crack. Dundalk and Cork were kept apart again. FAI Cup semi-finals. So, um, Dundalk will host UCD and Cork will travel. Travel to the winners of Derry and Bowes and the game takes place Wednesday the 19th. Which caused our trip to the Brandywell to be moved from the Friday to the Saturday at a 5pm kickoff. But, uh, even that, that could be postponed again. Even that's assuming that Derry and Bowes don't draw. Because if that needs a replay... That replay has to happen within three days. So our game gets moved again. So will the let's say it's nil all after 90 minutes. Is it a draw straight away? Yeah. So no, they, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's a replay straight off the bat. No, we I were just play. saying off air there, a bit of a weird situation. Like we we're going to be recording this show on Wednesday morning saying, oh, see, he's on in Derry. Yeah, promoting and the then, Derry game. And then Wednesday night it's a draw and then the game's off. It could be pulled, like, yeah. yeah. Hopefully not because the Derry bus will be big plans. So much for my tip for Waterford to get to the final gear. Yeah, well done, Prof. Knocked out by UCD. Carl Cairns, one of the resident bogeys, his brother, mm. playing in goal. Uh, Connor Cairns. Balls are in some form, in fairness. They, uh, I know, yeah. They ended their Kenny Shields hoodoo. Ten in a row, wasn't it? Yeah. Losses, not even without yeah. a result. Lost all losses. ten until recently. Uh, they won a Peterhead in the Iron Brew Cup. And now they've got a glamour tie with Sutton United Sutton on the horizon. United. And it's supposed to be a Scottish Cup. They're playing Sutton United. Like. So that'd be the first time a League of Ireland club has played a, an English club in a competitive game since. When do you think her? Oh, God. Oh, mid-90s. No, since also Whitehart Lane. Ah, shut up, prof. <laughs> I was multitasking. Sure you were. Yeah, so uh, we had a big shout-out to our very own Dan Fulham who is uh, on the wheels of steel knocking out the tunes lately he was at uh, Shine On and he put on they put on a one day festival in Birmingham and Orbital were headlining and he did the warm up for them in front of over 2,000 people so he was rocking the place and then uh, kicked off the Hacienda after party with Todd Terry Marshall Jefferson and John De Silva following so Dan must have been starstruck in the building so he will be mm. knocking out the tunes for us soon enough Props, as they say. Props to Dan. DJ Dan Fulham. Very boring name. Let's think of something else. Come on, Dan. Get creative. Well, like uh, DJ Sledge. Gary DJ, Slevin. DJ Sledge. Um, yeah, so uh, that's uh, it. I think we're uh, we're coming close to it, Prof. I think it's time for the Tifties five-side tournament draw. I'm waiting for this all week. We did a dry run last night in work and it was a bit of crack. So this is uh, officially the Tales from the East Stand tournament. Jack Wilson Memorial Cup, five-a-side inaugural tournament will be played on the 29th of September in the Roadstone. We are about to do the draw. It's on the same day as the AGM. So theoretically, you could stand up in the AGM and ask Brazier a question. And then three hours later, you could be going into a 50-50 tackle with him. Yeah. 50-50 or 80-20. Depends. How yeah. do you feel? So, so uh, um, we read out the teams. We've got 16 teams. Yeah, we're going to read out the teams. We'll do a little summary. Two are going to come out of each group into the quarterfinals. Yeah. 
So really quickly, we have uh, we have the SRFC Ultras. We have Football Loves Us, which is Bradsers Boys, Renford Rejects, Papa New Guinness, Junior Hoops, Wampok Pobeck, Academy A with Tony O'Dowd, Hun Pals Hartrobs, uh, Carl Paul Turner's Barmy Army, uh, South of the Liffey Larrys, Donabate Larrys, Brooker Boys, Expected to Lose. That's a great one. Tales from the East End <laughs> Bogies, Crumlin Hoops and Donamade Hoops. So a uh, big shout out to everybody who put a team in. Absolutely chuffed. And uh, there was such a quick take up on all the spots. So we are delighted to get this draw <coughs> underway. Right, so we're going to kick it off. Carl's got my balls in his hand. And he's going to go for the first one. So first we have... First team out of pot. 14. So that's... Expected to lose. Expected to lose. Go straight in to Group A. And that is headed by Luke Richardson. And he is going to bring his charges to the Roadstone on the 29th. So I'm up next. First team into Group B is number one, Wampok Pobeck. And that was the name on the TV the night Shamrock Rovers played uh, Partizan Belgrade. Bit of Polish flair to this team, is there? Yeah. So that's one pack. The prof is coming now. Group C. First team out, Group C. We have number four. It's football loves us. And it's Bradzer's charges. It's the Rovers staff. It's the Rovers staff, which will be Damien Duff, McPhail, Jose Ferrer, Glenn Cronin, all-star team. Very, very tough draw for anybody who was drawn in the group with them. So football loves them. And then Group D. First one out of pot. Is number three. It's Humpal's Hartrobs from Sean Keane. That is the first four teams out. Humpal Hartrobs. So this is expected to lose their first opponent. We have number nine. We have number nine, which is Carl Paul Turner's Barmy Army. Oh, folks, I think there's a rise in that group. Oh, Carl, get out of there, Carl Paul Turner. So it's Carl Paul Turner into Group A. Second team into Group B. We've got number five. Number five. The Junior the Hoops. Junior Hoops. Apparently the, the winners of this yeah, tournament. Yeah, the, the, they, they're fairly confident. I heard Bill Gleeson has a wand of a left foot. And here we go. This is Group C. Bradzer's boys. The opponents are... What have we got? Number 20... Inexplicably numbered 28. 28, randomly. And that is the SRFC Ultras. So the Ultras has been paired with Bradzer's boys. Oh, that's tasty. That's tasty. Very tasty. That's tasty. Uh, group D, Prof. You're next. Oh, I am up. All right, I'm just going to have to get your hands off my balls, Prof. Uh, Crumlin Hoops are in Group D. So that's Wacker's Charges, Wacker O'Toole. And uh, Daryl Tracy, I'm sure, will be with him as he is as loyal as he was at Rovers yeah. and he is to Crumlin Hoops. He wouldn't sign with anyone else. We tried to poach him. Tried to poach him and it wasn't happening. You're not doing this right, Gary. To get a bit of rattle going. Get a bit of rattle going. As Mark Kenny would say, yeah. give it a rattle. We got number six. Number six is Donamede Hoops in with Expected to Lose and Carpal Turner. Get out of there. Um, so it's Group A shaping up nicely. There. So yeah, that's it. Donna, I know. Donamid, Donamid hoops, yeah, Donamid. And then we have Group B's tour team. We have num number 16, which is the Tesla East End Bogies. Ooh. Four to six potential winners. We're in with the junior hoops. 
Um, we're in with one pocket. I fancy our chances. I fancy our chances. The Tifties bogeys. If we can avoid the Brooker boys, I'll be happy. Might sneak out that group. We might sneak out. We got number 18. So number 18 in with the Bradzers boys is Renford Rejects and the Ultras. So they've got Bruno the Grady in there running amok with them. And the third team in the Group D. We've got team number 10, which is Donabate Larry's are going in with the Crumlin Hoops and the Hunt Pals Heartthrobs. So that's Barney's uh, Donabate Larry's. So Prof, you're up next. So the last team going into Group A. To complete Group A. It's going to be number 19. And that's... The Brooker Boys. The Brooker Boys. Underdogs. Very good team. Going to be tough to beat. And uh, Group B to finish off Group B. Who's in the bogey group? It's t- number twenty-five. It's South of the Liffey Larrys by Aaron, and uh, that should be interesting enough. South of the Liffey Larrys in with us. We've got number eight, and that's Papa New Guinness. Oh, that's you know what? I expect them to be good as well. That's Carl Kearns's charges ultras. Papa New Guinness, Renford Rejects, and of course, also a great, us. also a great name by the way. Well done. Papa New, New Guinness. And unless you screw this up, there's only one ball left. Yeah, the last team to complete the draw into Group D is going to be number two, uh, Academy A with Tony O'Dell. So Tony O'Dell's boys, the Academy A team, they're going into Group D. So do a quick rundown. Um, so Group A we have Expected to Lose Carapal Turners Barmy Army Donamid Hoops and the Brooker Boys in Group B we have Wampuk Pubek we have Junior Hoops Tales from East End Bogies and South of the Liffey Larrys we have the Group of Death in Group C with Football Loves Us SRFC Ultras Renford Rejects and Papa New Guinness uh, Group D with the Home Pals Heartthrobs Crumlin Hoops Donabate Larrys and Academy A so that concludes the draw and um, best luck to all teams except the Junior Hoops best <laughs> <laughs> um, so we can't wait for this 29th of September lads uh, 150 euro bar credit for the winner so there's a drink incentive we've got loads of raffles and prizes on the day anyone who wants to volunteer please get in touch we've got plenty of uh, uh, a few already with Pat Kilmartin Mick Quinn Rebecca Dunn they're all going to help us out on the day because there is a lot we've got the Leinster Senior League refs gorgeous Eddie Royley is, is going to head the team of refs and um, it's going to be a fantastic day. And hopefully we get a bit of uh, entertainment going on. There will be more details to emerge soon enough. But we want to thank everybody involved. So that is the groups. We're going to post them up soon enough. And the fixtures. Uh, yeah, so that's it, lads. Thanks for listening. And uh, keep on hooping. See you.